Welcome to another Monday of No One Gets Away With Anything. Today with you we are Jose Rafael Ochoaneri and Nadiana Lopez. Ah, I mean, we are getting to become masters at this. Okay. Yes, I think it's a matter of also the pace. Come on. Yeah, the the rhythmic of it. We finish each other's sentences. You should have said sandwiches. <laughs> Did you see that episode I of Friends? Heard that before. No. It's an episode of Friends where they're like, "We can see she finishes, we finish each other's sandwiches." <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Um, <sighs> we have a very Like, I don't know if philosophical is the word for this. More technical. It's weird. It's where philosophical meets technical. It's like a very, it's a combination between logic and philosophy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's something about, we actually, we had two different ideas. Exactly. We started the day with two different ideas. And for some reason, we ended up taught, like, wanted to talk about the same thing. So, basically, we were going to talk about incentives and expectations. Mm -hmm. And how to... How does that like generate an output or a result or satisfaction? Exactly. Okay. So in the in the case of incentives, we have uh, the result is always uh, there's always a result in the end, mm-hmm. and then with expectations, the outcome or uh, if you want to call it some ways is satisfaction. Exactly. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so what what would you define as an expectation, so okay. that we have it clear? Um, yeah. Basically, expectations are somehow a forecast of an event or a project or anything that you do in your life that you have somehow a certainty that it will happen in the future okay and your your yeah your forecast is about how that's gonna go okay so it's our like our internal weather app for life (laughs) like you think it's gonna rain tomorrow you're not sure but the app tells you that it might okay and then the satisfaction is basically the fulfillment that you obtain from that certain event project yeah, from that expectation result. being met or not yeah or like basically the fulfillment you get from the from the object of that expectation okay come on you have an object right and then you have on one side expectation on how this object is going to be in the future right and if you're talking like expectations are past object is present and then um satisfaction is future right and then the satisfaction looks at the past and says like okay is this better or worse than what i expected and um, how fulfilled am i because of that yeah okay and uh, on the other hand incentives are a bit more technical uh one of the books over there called um um oh my god what's the name of that book uh no yes we talked about it we talked about this book thinking it's the book about no thinking fast the is the one on the top why uh, nations t- fail why nations fail thank you so much <laughs> why nations fa- fail talk talks a lot about incentives uh incentives are basically Uh, the structures that uh, an organization or that a project has that push you in one direction or another in terms of doing things. So, for example, you have an incentive to get up and do your job because they pay you, Mm -hmm. for example. Or you have an incentive to, um, if you want to look at it at really technical terms, you have an incentive to treat your couple right because they treat you right back. You know, mm-hmm. or you have an incentive to watch a soccer game because then you are going to have this surge of serotonin from, or, or dopamine from watching your team win. You know what I mean? Yeah. So these are all incentives. For example, there's incentives uh, to, you know, uh, to donate to charity. So they pardon some of your taxes. 
mm-hmm. all these things are called incentives and they inspire always a result they try to influence people to go towards a particular result mm-hmm. and generally and in this case we talk more about lack of incentives or or wrongly thought out incentives uh, than negative it's it's mm-hmm. more like uh well you didn't do your job right <laughs> you know yeah, exactly as yeah incentive is like a driver or something about what drives you to act a certain way and then the result is what comes after the action i have a question for you what's mm-hmm. what if you had to look at your life what would be your worst incentive or an incentive that you think has brought you to do th- stuff that you don't particularly enjoy or that wasn't right for you at that moment maybe being skinny <laughs> oh my god that's dark okay, <laughs> i mean okay yeah definitely true it's, that's a good one yeah, there was definitely a point in my life where my number one incentive and priority was to be skinny. be skinny and everything else was it revolved around that and the result was achieved yeah the result was achieved to the detriment of your own health exactly but technically it was a positive result I yeah it was aligned with my incentive so like okay the, that's one of the things about incentives so let's start with, let's start there let's start with incentives <laughs> so the thing about incentives is that they aren't positive or negative morally speaking objectively speaking for society mm-hmm. they are positive and negative in so far as they manage to fulfill the goal or to create the result that they're looking for so mm-hmm. if she was looking to be fi- if to be skinny and she would go to any lengths to do it then technically speaking the result was achieved and so the incentive did its job properly but you should take into consideration if, if you want uh, to actually be able to do things and not collapse you have to take care of the body that you're you're working in. and i'm going to give you the first example so if your incentive is wrong if your incentive is let's let's put it this way if your incentive is either not specific enough Okay. Or your incentive is just plain wrong. Come on, not aligned. Not aligned okay. with the result that you want to achieve. Okay. Then uh, you would get something like uh, you would obviously you would get an. Uh, uh, what would be the result that you get? So that would be a question. So mm-hmm. how do you think that would work? So if if I give an incentive to a child, if, for example, at camp, and I give them an incentive to be active. Mm-hmm. So for example, I tell them every time that you run around the football course, I will give you a piece of candy. Like, what What would happen? What do you think would happen? He would end up running the court as many times as you ask him for. Well, I, I'm not asking anymore. The incentive is set up. It works on its own. So every time he runs the field, I have to give him one. He's going to infinitely run until he cannot keep running. Okay, and then what would be my result? What was my desired result? For him to run the court. For him to be more active. What? So if I make him run the court 12,000 billion times, <laughs> then at the end, he'll be so tired. He'll that spend two days without doing anything. So my result isn't truly achieved. It would Fair be enough. something like that. And I think the most palpable example of this is FIFA. So FIFA has been in a bit of a... It's been in hot water for years. But, <laughs> uh, now it's come out more blatantly. There's a couple of documentaries, one on HBO, which is really more of a journalistic perspective. And then there's one in Netflix, which is a Netflix-style documentary. It's the best one I've ever seen done okay. in terms of the amount of people that they interviewed. Okay. So the president of FIFA was, FIFA was called Sepp Blatter. They interviewed, okay. like, they interviewed him. They interviewed okay. the, the new president called DiFantino. Okay. They interviewed the, FIFA, the, the, the FBI agents in charge of the case. They interviewed almost everyone involved. And they got really good accounts of everything. And it How turned, is it called? It's called FIFA Uncovered. Okay. 
So it turns out that what they're talking about is that the 2018 and 2020 uh, World Cups and even the 2012, 2010 World Cup were all bought. Okay. So 2012, uh, 2020, 2014, and 20, uh, 2018, and 2022, mm. all of them had some aspect of bribery okay. m- like put into it. And the thing is, uh, what they talk about is that uh, FIFA has a way of selecting who goes. So countries make bids to go. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the exec board, which is like the president of each confederation, the confederations are each area of the world. So CONCACAF is Caribbean and the North Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Then there's uh, CONMEBOL, which is Latin America. Mm-hmm. There's the Asian one. There's the UEFA, which is Europe. So each president has like a vote or a couple of votes, depending on the amount of countries that you have. And they decide where the World Cup goes, depending on uh, on which bid is on the mm-hmm. table. And so it turns out that when they were doing this, they somebody figured out at some point that you could basically bribe them. And since they're so little people, and there's over, like there's no no real uh, supervision to them, they can get away with murder. <laughs> they can basically get as many bribes as they want. And so my my argument is FIFA wanted the World Cup to be uh, a universal thing. And it set up its incentives in a, such a way that was so unspecific mm-hmm. that it led to it falling into corruption. Like the easiest way to get a World Cup was to buy it. Fair enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, my, that's the first one for me at least. And also, for example, like, cliche para nosotros, la posición venezolana. What do you want? To take, yeah. over, take away the government. Come on, bring them down. Okay. What do you need? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. Nobody knows. How? Nobody knows. What, yeah, what, what, are you do, what, what incentives are you putting out for that? What are you going to do if you do it? Nobody knows. Anything. So, evidently, the result has not been positive. And it's not been aligned with the incentive in the first place. Okay, yeah. I agree. 100%. And it's completely broad, completely not defined. And also, yeah, like way too subjective in, or, in order to achieve actually a result. Okay, so then that begs the question, what would you need for a positive result? What do we need in order to have the result match the incentives? Okay, I think that, that like taking into account what we both mentioned, like, come on, you need an in-between but between este, como especificidad sin llegar a ser muy específico. Tan explícito, pues. For example, let's say you want to get fit. Okay, this is the most like traditional example, right? And you you tell yourself, I am going to go to the gym um, six hours this week and I'm going to do this, 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 this and that, okay? The moment you fail in any of those specific tasks, you're probably going to be disencouraged because you were planning on a system that was very, very, very well defined, but at the same time did not allow space for mistakes. Yeah, so if we recorded and said that we would record at 3.30 and mm-hmm. something went wrong, we wouldn't want to record anymore. Exacto. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, we have said, from 3.30 to 4.30, we record episode one. From 4.30 to 4.45, we stop and we record episode two from 4.45 to 5.30. It's eight. <laughs> and we're starting to record the second one, okay? Yeah. And the moment like something goes wrong, everything else goes wrong. So if your if your incentives are okay, that's not even an incentive. That's a plan. Yeah, but plans require incentives. Right. Incentives are like you you ever did sell a reproduction. See. Sí. So like you need the RNA and the DNA. 
Exacto. Okay, your, 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 in order to communicate, cells need RNA. Mm -hmm. They split themselves in half, and half, copy half of it, and you can reproduce the whole thing. Yeah. So it's the same thing with plants. Plants are DNA. Incentives are RNA. It's the thing that you split, copy everywhere, so that everybody can do it. That's as nerdy as the, like, That's the nerdiest and best well-made <laughs> metaphor I've <laughs> ever <laughs> made, man. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need a moment. <laughs> Big brain moment. Bueno, no importa. Las dejamos a él con los nerds. We can keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you understood what I said, you're one of, like, you're here. It, the idea is for people to understand, not to, like, show off. Pero está bien, we're gonna accept. Ajá, pero a lo que voy, a lo que voy. Es que, you have incentives, you have results, but there's also the plan we had not talked about. Yeah. Okay, entonces, your incentive has to be well-defined. Okay, but then your plan cannot be that well-defined. Yeah, it has to have, uh, you know, that... Room for error. That, that economic notion of the invisible hand. Exacto. Okay. Why? Uh, because it, it has to correct itself. So if okay, you go to okay, the gym, okay, okay. it has to be, I have to go to the gym for until I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And so it's not until I can't move anymore. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes that goal, for example, it could be 45 minutes for you. It could be three hours for me. It could be mm -hmm. 10 minutes for me. Mm -hmm. And you, you would get there at different moments. Okay. So if you tell a professional bodybuilder that he has to you know, pull up 50 kilograms of weight every day, he's going to do it. He does it every day. Mm -hmm. Like if you tell that to a scrawny six-year-old to do it, he's going to da damage his muscles. Mm -hmm. What I mean is that there has to be some... Um, if you have a plan, there has to be an adaptability to the people who are going to receive these plans. Okay, see. Sí. Because not everybody can do it to the same ability. Sí, 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 like, if I ask you to set up the audio for the podcast, no. <laughs> like, yeah, whenever I do it, she stands around like, can I help you with Exacto. anything? cable with, like, the Y receptor, and I'm like, how can I be helpful in here? And then she comes in with some topics, and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and then I'm like, I think we need to talk about something. Come on. I think we need to reframe the whole thing. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> so it, it, it requires the adaptability of the people who are doing it. The exactly. same, that's how college works. Sí, bueno, pero exacto. Lo que iba es como que, if it's too defined, tienes muy poco espacio para los errores. And there's going to be mistakes. Okay. Lots of them. We know. Yeah. So we usually take two hours yeah. to set up, okay? Um, but also, if it's too undefined, como, I just want to exercise. Then you might not... Never gonna exercise. Yeah, you, you go down the stairs and you're like, huh, enough for today. Yeah. Exacto. Por ejemplo, para mí, o sea, I, I was setting an unrealistic expectation, creo, que era ir al gimnasio sin goles a la semana, living in Madrid, by myself, having to take care of stuff. You're crazy. Impossible. Like, so it's not I, crazy to want to do it. It's crazy to think that we can do it, like, with the lives that you and I have sí, at the moment. O sea, en Caracas podía. Podía hacer ejercicio seis veces a la semana. Relajado, ¿no? O sea, relajado no, pero I could. I would, you, yeah, you could do it. I could manage. Aquí... You had a car, <laughs> for one. I, no, I did it at home. And I had weights at my house. I had the whole equipment. Como, I really could just wake up and exercise. I was going to take me 15 minutes. Like, if, you, if, you, if, you have, if you're going to exercise five times a week... You need to go to sleep at 10 a.m. at 10 p.m. and mm -hmm. wake up at 4. Sí, It's the only way. And if you have a relationship, no. that doesn't work. Está you posible. never sleep at 10 p.m. Exactly. Este, or wake up at 4 in the morning. <laughs> None of them work. Este, I learned that I'm way more likely to go to the gym three or even four times a week. And if I go four times a week, I feel 
like a goddess. Like, I, you know, I'm at my peak. I'm yeah. on my peak, which is related to expectations. Okay, so what about expectations? So uh, what do we do? What happens? What In which circumstances do we get the most positive expectations? The most positive expectations? Yes, the most positive expectations. Where do we get them from? Well, when you have, like, a lot of faith in what, whatever is it going to happen. Whatever isn't going to happen. Is going to happen. Okay, so give me an example. It's what we were working, uh, talking about before. Let's say you're doing a project, right? And there's a project where you're putting a lot of effort into something. And you know what's behind that essay, that event, that podcast, right? And you're giving it away, right? Either to a professor or to other people to give you feedback on it, right? And yeah. if you know you put a lot of work into it and you know it's good, your expectations of the feedback are going to be high. That's when I think you can get the highest expectations. When you have some sort of grounds. Okay. Okay. I agree. Um, I But actually, I disagree. And I disagree because <laughs> of one thing. And it's uh, the Andrew Andrew Huberman, the, the Huberman Lab podcast. When he talks about dopamine, he, he has this thing. where you, The baseline of dopamine is where you are normally. Okay. okay. And then it can go up or it can go down depending on what happens in your day. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are things in your life that lower your baseline, mm-hmm. make you have less dopamine in general. For example, if you uh, go to sleep at the wrong time, if you uh, watch too much porn, your your dopamine levels, sim- they start, the, the baseline of dopamine like goes lower and lower and lower. It's like you're, you're overusing the gas in your mm-hmm. car, okay? And so he says that one of the things that happens is that your baseline is pretty average, right? Okay. And when you're expecting, when you have a negative expectation of something, your baseline lowers slightly. Okay. okay. So it, it goes down a bit. It's like, oh, I'm going to have a bad time. at this. Be- I don't like these people. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be bad. Or I have a test. I haven't studied really that much. And your baseline goes down. Okay. You have a, a less, you have less dopamine that you normally would. Okay. Okay. And then the expectation is over. The, the, the event happens. And if the event was negative, then your baseline, it's a way that your body and your mind prepare. protects your baseline. Yeah. Prepare for... Like, yeah, if you prepare for... If you're, if you're playing football and you get knocked to the side without any warning, it's, it's really rough. Mm-hmm. If you can expect it, it'll be bad, but yeah. you probably won't be hurt, you know? And so uh, that's a way that your brain protects itself. And then... He, but he says, look, uh, then you have... Uh, when you have a uh, your baseline is pretty low, you have negative expectations of what's about to happen, and then the opposite happens. The best possible outcome happens. Your base, like your levels of dopamine, go up here. Okay, but that's not expectation. That is satisfaction. Exactly, that's my point. If your expectation is really low, and the outcome is completely opposite mm-hmm. to your expectations, then you get a really... It's, it's higher. The amount of dopamine and, and positive emotion that you get from that is higher than, than having expected a positive result and getting a positive result. I said your question was, how can you get the highest expectations? That's what you asked. Did I ask that? I'm so sorry. I, I, meant, <laughs> I, meant that, I meant that you get the highest satisfaction. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with you. And I was telling Jose, like, I did a trip a couple of weeks ago, and... We booked the flights because they were the cheapest, right? And we were like, oh, it's like a cool destination. But then we talked to people and people were like, yeah, but if you go there low season, you're not going to have anything to do. And then we checked the weather and the weather was horrible. And uh, we were also told that everything was like super far away and there was no public transportation. So we were not going to be able to do anything. We did not have a car and we could not rent a car because we're underaged. And we actually ended up arriving 
in my head it was gonna be like we're just gonna go to the beach and stay in the hotel that was like my best case scenario that was for me awesome and then weather was amazing it was way warmer than madrid but definitely not as warm as margarita which is great <laughs> perfecto <laughs> and then somebody wanted to rent their car for us and we actually managed you know to drive the whole island right awesome amazing and there was a lot a lot a lot a lot to see Even if it was low season. And it was even better because we had the whole thing for ourselves. Yeah. You had, you had your own private island. Literal. If I come Also, the flights were super on time. Come on. I was... I thought they were going to be super delayed. Honestly, I was like, I'm prepared for the worst. And everything went out so good that I was like, Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's amazing whenever that happens. Uh, I did have one the other day, which was uh, the World Cup. For those of you who haven't or aren't watching the World Cup... You should. There's been a couple of results that have been really surprising, but the first one was Argentina versus Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. They were losing 1-0 in the first half of Saudi Arabia mm -hmm. against Argentina, which was like... Expected. That's what, what, that, that, that's what the expectation was saying. And then the Argentina in the first half scored three goals that were offside. So they were all canceled because they were offside, which means that uh, the attacker is above the defense and mm -hmm. above the last person in the defense. And so... It doesn't, it's not valid. The gold is not, it's literally just canceled. Okay. But do you agree? Do you think it was actually an offset? Yeah, there was one that's debatable because the offset actually means that because the defender is, uh, the, it's further away than the last defender, mm -hmm. then he has an advantage over everybody else defending him. Okay. So that's the reason for it. Okay. This uh, attacker was one arm in front. That's the only one that I'm saying, like, mm, one arm, really? Like, even half a foot, I get, but an arm. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with the arm? You do, there is. I mean, you push people mm -hmm. and you, you shove, but one arm is, like, too much, mm -hmm. I think. But the point is that they got their goals canceled. And there's people way smarter than me with a lot more experience than me in football who, you know, look at this on a camera and decide, no, no, that's offside. Mm -hmm. And so um, they called off the goals. The second half started. And what everyone expected was, you know, Three more goals, mm -hmm. but, but some of them won't be offside this time. Saudi Arabia scored two. Two more? Saudi, so Saudi Arabia was losing 1-0, and they oh. won 2-1. Argentina had been 36 games unbeaten in international football. They were about to beat the world record of 37, <gasps> and they lost against Saudi Arabia, a team that's not in the top 50 in the world. Ouch. Like, it was people in the United States and, and Venezuela woke up at... 3 a.m., 4 a.m. to watch the game. And then literally just saw Argentina get railed. And it was amazing because nobody expected it to happen. And, for example, I'm a neutral football fan in this case. In this World Cup, I don't have a real horse that I'm betting on. But watching a game of football, that magic of it just turning around, that's why people like football. You can have expectations. They're almost never going to uh, be fulfilled. And if they are, it can even be surprising. Sí, sí, sí. So yeah. I think that's the best example I can find. Absolutely. Este, bueno. Then that, that's like the, both like... If you have positive expectations and negative outcome, basically Argentina. Yeah, decision. Argentina's and if you decision. Have, you know, negative expectations and then a positive outcome. Saudi Arabia. Like imagine the 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 the, the disappointment you must feel Total. after losing 36 games, sí. a winning streak of 30, like wow, it's 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 it must be rough. Now, But what do you think? It's like, do you think? Saudi Arabia was more excited than what Argentina was disappointed. 
or the other way around or is it proportional i think i think it must be proportional okay uh but i think it was way more exciting for saudi arabia they declared that day a national holiday like the day after the king declared it a national holiday and each player got two million dollars for winning the game a rolls royce and then they were told that if they pass the group stage of the world cup they will get 10 million dollars <gasps> each i think they were more excited like incentives incentives those uh, whoa perfect <laughs> what a what a full circle moment yes incentives to you know keep going and do it well the thing is one of the things that uh and it's going to connect to the last part which we talked about in incentives and in in so we were talking about the best scenario possible so how do we get um a, a stable result and a positive satisfaction mm -hmm. from our incentives and expectations and so i think saudi arabia is the best example for this which is really weird because i didn't expect it uh saudi arabia got a new coach which they call the white magician because okay. he's been in, with he's played he's been the coach for countries all over africa okay and africa the most important Uh, competition that they have is the African Cup of Nations okay. and it's a really important that qualifying is really difficult the African level the teams are really 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 violent physical okay. like it's it's a, you see the matches and it's full this World Cup has been full of that like physically strong difficult mm -hmm. matches as compared to Europe's more um, technical yeah I wouldn't even say diplomatic like they, they hit each other too but it's more technical like oh the perfect pass okay. these guys run like you wouldn't <laughs> believe and, and like, if they come to you you have no way of getting away yeah from no and, and it's really difficult to defend against them right and so uh european football plays a lot more regularly and it has very very talented players and so they became very technical because they got to peak physical performance mm -hmm. and then you know they had to they, you have to differentiate mm -hmm. differentiate yourself with the technical aspect In Africa, in the African uh, uh, world of football, it's it's very different. And so this guy, the the white magician, he basically comes in. He was hired the first time for Ivory Coast, and they mm -hmm. won the African Cup of Nations, which is not an easy thing. Okay. And then he's the only manager to ever win the African Cup of Nations with two different teams. Okay. Like, they hired him for another team. I don't remember if it was Senegal or or maybe Cameroon. And he won again the the African okay. Cup of Nations. And after, like, he fell in love with Africa. He talks about he like he 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 married a Senegalese woman. Yeah. And like he where's he from? Uh, I think he's French or or from from the, the Netherlands, maybe. Europeans. And so, yeah, yeah Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> and so he fell in love with Africa. And then the Saudis came to him and so, told him like, we, we need you. Like, mm -hmm. this is how much money we're going to pay you. Come here, like, work for us. This guy's fifty four years old, and he spends literally. Five hours a day in the gym. Man. Like, he's he spends more time in the gym than his players. Like, his players say it constantly in every team that he's gone to. Like, it's crazy how much time he spends in the gym compared to us. Like, he's better physically than we are. Mm -hmm. And his, his, his thesis is basically as follows. He says, look, we're never going to win the technical battle. They have years experience and way better players than we do. We're going to win the physical battle. You guys are going to be the most unrelenting terminator kinds of players possible and they are like the saudi arabian team did not stop running the entire game the mentality was just absolute like we will not stop running they can score eight goals and we will not stop running we will outrun you mm -hmm. and they did like by a mile <laughs> like the second half usually teams are already tired saudi arabia was like the, the first second minute of the game they were like running 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 so it was deserved so they deployed an effective strategy 
the incentives were there. The incentives mm-hmm. is I'm going to give you a lot more money if you keep doing what I know you can do. So I think that if you couple your incentives with your expectations properly, mm-hmm. like you have the expectation of probably losing, but mm-hmm. if you do your job right and you keep you you keep close to your incentives, you can probably beat the odds. Exactly. I think that's the best. I agree. Possible. But then you said something interesting, which is like, although they did somehow expect to lose to a certain extent, like in order for them to actually, you know, have a proper incentive <laughs> and for the incentive to work is that they actually had some expectation to win. Come on. It was low. Yes, but you have to have some but hope. You need to have something. You need to have some motivation because otherwise, no matter the incentive that you have, It's not going to work. Well, I've talked about this in my other podcast. Uh, I was, the last episode that came out is, is about liking the, the struggle. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, it's uh, from the Huberman Lab podcast, from this episode about mm-hmm. dopamine, where he says, look, the best thing you can do to make yourself work out is to realize that the moment where your dopamine is highest is not when you win. Mm-hmm. It's the moment before okay. you win. It's the moment when you're playing. Dopamine is a thing that exists in your body to help you deal with pain. It's to help you deal with doing difficult things. So whenever you are running, it, it, it was about a study of people who were asked to run without any prompt. They were told, mm-hmm. run and just run. Mm-hmm. And after 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, they stopped because your brain doesn't see a goal. Exactly. Your brain doesn't see. And then there's a, a, a there's a, a hormone that builds up in your brain. Mm-hmm. And at some point, your body just screams at you to stop. And we've all been there. Seriously? You're running and everybody's like, stop. Mm-hmm. And you have to. And then dopamine gets rid of it, like, or counteracts the effect of that hormone. And his point is, like, whenever you are exercising, you have to remind yourself when it's getting really difficult. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the hard part. This is the part I should be enjoying the most. And you, it's crazy. You have no idea how crazy it is. <laughs> you just get up and you do it. And you, you're, I'm running, I've been running, every time I go to the gym, I run one kilometer in 10 minutes. Okay. I run 10 minutes and I see how far I can go. I, I, I was doing a solid one kilometer a minute, yeah, one kilometer after 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm doing 1.25 now. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's me running as fast as I humanly can. Mm-hmm. And whenever I'm like, my legs are numb, I really want to stop. And I'm like, oh, this is the hard part. And I've started doing it in other aspects of my life, like... I don't want to go to university right now. This class is so boring. This is the hard part. It, it just turns, it just like lights me up. It's like, oh my Get God, yes. The, the brain. The, the brain helping the brain. you. I don't know what you think. Do you have any moments in your life that you think uh, you've mastered your balance between incentive and expectations? Again, como todo el tema del ejercicio para mí ha sido super como nurturing and it's taught me a lot about like discipline. When During COVID, I was at my best physically and I was able to exercise solid like six times a week, even sometimes twice a day. Like that that's how much I was doing. E, especially when I train come on, the muscles that I like. That's a thing, yeah. The ex- <laughs> like, yes, this I can carry this much it's, weight. It's literally come on, when you feel the pain, you're like, I'm doing the work. Yeah. The effort's paying off. This this is a signal that I'm going to get the results. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also when you're studying super hard for an exam and you're like that part when you're like with your friends and you're like Jesus Christ this is complicated and then you're like But I, I love get it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> so uh. absolutely and I think like what we the point of this episode was to like try to figure out how to manage both incentives and expectations in order to maximize 
results and satisfaction yeah right and first of all i think my approach usually is generally quite realistic and my reality is that i am optimistic right so when it comes to like life in general i tend to have like a very optimistic expectation of things unless there's a, like a real threat against my expectations which would more likely adjust to it but i try not to come on set my mood down because of the future you know i used to do that a lot and i'm like no focus on your present your future is going to be fine good expectation for the future that's a problem for later you know yeah so but and yeah in terms of my incentives it's always like the future also come on what where is this gonna get me that's my incentive right and there's this very cliche phrase cliche phrase of like the the sacrifices of today are the results of tomorrow 100 absolutely true you know so yeah that's my approach and also for example my boyfriend he has a very he has a completely different approach he's like pessimistic type yeah i, I have a couple of friends who do that like eh, on, no expectations exactly. for everything he's like yeah but we don't know come on we'll see i don't think it's gonna be that good as you say so i thought come on maybe a bit like sometimes it's annoying it's like numb and he's like yeah but if you prepare for the worst then that's very french no, no one's no one's gonna hurt you that's very very french <laughs> with people also um, i tend to be the type of person who's always looking at the best of people yeah and but you're innocent until proven guilty for me everyone is a nice person until they prove me otherwise for him everyone is mean until they prove otherwise you see like it's not a bad policy especially no, no. In, in like there's specific aspects of my life in which i will definitely implement that first mm-hmm. but not in general okay not with friendships in fr- with friendships you're innocent until proven guilty and if you're guilty I can, there's a proper punishment. It's not you are immediately decapitated. It is, well, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. I think that um, we talked about, like, sometimes you get lucky, too. Like, there's a lot of this. It's just luck, mm-hmm. just figuring it out as you go. I think that right now, I'm, I've had moments where my incentives and expectations have been really high, and I've had to manage it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm wearing my, my, my sweater from MUN from when I went to Harvard. Um, we love you, CJ Moon. Uh, expectations but were high expectations were high and I didn't win I didn't win and I know why I didn't win I, it, it's not anything I did I, I, I know that things happen in life but the moment I remember feeling my my face get really not red because I don't get really red mm-hmm. but the pressure that I felt that people are looking at you don't react to this just take it in stride mm-hmm. appreciate the good things about this I think there's a lot more bravery in believing that people are good and 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 having high expectations of them right. not extremely high but like good expectations of people and you know having high expectations of yourselves and putting up incentives so that you do well mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to have that moment that leap of faith that moment where you're like maybe this won't work maybe i will get past this maybe i won't mm-hmm. i think there's a lot of bravery and it's such a human thing mm-hmm. that I've allowed it into my life. I think I, I have a better balance of incentives than I did when I was mm-hmm. doing MUN. And I, I have a better, uh, also a better like handle on my expectations. By no means perfect. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm probably at the healthiest moment in my life in that but, in that sense. But I also think like the other side of the spectrum is quite brave as well. Come on. Deciding to live your life in a somehow alert mode. In which sense? So I think like, let's say this is 
como, what I was trying to explain before is like, I've talked about this with my, with my boyfriend. He's like, look, I meet someone, right? And at the beginning, they can be nice. But I see something that I don't like, they go down. O sea, como que, and they have to build their reputation back up. Y bueno, la, escalera, la, la confianza se sube en escalera y se van a ascensor. Exacto. Este, y yo siento que yo soy distinto. O sea, I meet someone, they do something nice, do something sketchy, but I'm going to be like, mom, but maybe it's just one thing. O sea, it's, it's going to take a longer time for me to actually lose. Yeah, but, but I think that maybe it has to be something about finding that balance. What we talked about, most of it's just luck. I think that living a radical life where everyone who makes a mistake shouldn't be around, it's a sad life to live. But sí. I think that... And I've lived through being too positive about someone and they proving me wrong time and time again and me not being able to realize that that's just not good for me. And I think that no one gets away with doing that. Nobody gets away with not seeing the balance between your expectations, your incentives, your results, and your satisfaction. With ignoring your intuition? Ignoring your intuition, 100%. Uh -huh, but my point was like, living your life on somehow like this, not, not pessimistic, but like, yeah, like, lower expectation type of vibe, you know? I think it's also brave because like... Yeah. Also, I, I deposit a lot of my will and joy in the universe. And that's brave because things can go wrong. But at the same time, having the will to say, okay, everything or most of the things that happen are on me. That's also brave. Yeah, I, and I think that, for example, for you and me, who are people who believe in people and who are very positive, being more negative is brave because we like being attached. There's something about mm -hmm. being attached to someone and preferring to avoid the conflict better, yeah. that is a lot better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot easier than actually doing it. Okay, so I think you're right. There's also bravery uh, related to the other side of the coin. So. I don't think there's a recipe for success. I think this works differently for everyone. And also everyone has a different management of their luck. For some reason, some people feel themselves to be luckier than others. And I yeah. think that also has to do with expectations and incentives. But in the end, it's always about balance. And what we were saying before, you're not going to get away with, you know, ignoring the clear signals of... That the world sends <laughs> your way. Yeah, exactly. That the future is not going to be as bright or that the future is going to be brighter than you expect. Yeah. So basically, nobody gets away with, with anything. Anything. Thank you very much. We'll see you again next week. Remember that we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, uh, Substack, and anywhere else you get your podcast from. We'll see you next week. Bye. 38 minutes. Oh.